Welcome to episode 26 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf in downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my husband and frequent podcast contributor, Jordan. We'll be chatting about podcasts, road trips, and audiobooks, and why the written word might be the better choice for visual learners like me. Let's get started. Hey, Jordan. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to our front porch. Glad to be here. We're actually out on the front porch tonight. I know. We're going to give this a shot and see if um, the noise is too bad like that. (laughs) Um, So today we're going to be talking about audiobooks and podcasts, something that you care quite a bit about now that you are a commuter. Yeah. So I remember being maybe in college and having to take a test. And the test had to do with how you learn things. And some people learn by um, by audio, by, by hearing things. Some people are auditory learners. Some people are visual learners. And some people actually have to learn by doing. They actually have to physically do something in order to learn. And as I recall, I turned out to be somewhat of an, uh, an auditory learner, um, which is also interesting because I'm an extrovert. So I like my preferred method of communication is face-to-face uh, and, and to be able to... Um, you know, kind of go back and forth, talk things out. And in college, um, you really enjoyed lectures. Yes, professors. yes, I loved that. I loved anything where you can communicate and kind of, you know, uh, talk about things as opposed to simply, you know, go read this book and you know come to class and make sure you understand everything about it. Um, which I think you kind of. Yeah, I'm much more of a visual learner, which explains why I've always been an avid reader. Um, I really prefer holding a book in my hands. Um, I could listen, and I I was a fine auditory learner, but what that meant was if I was sitting in a lecture hall, I needed a notebook and a pen, and I had to take notes. I couldn't even, I wasn't even great at typing notes out, because I just learn really, I learn better when I am writing things down. So when I listen to sermons or when I listen to lectures, I really need to have a notebook in my hands. So in a sense, you're even when you're forced, when you personally are forced into situations where you're supposed to learn uh, by audio, by, by what you're hearing, it helps you to actually write it down in a visual form. Yeah, you just kind of absolutely. translate it for yourself. Yeah, and that's been my entire life as that's far back as I can remember. Um, I, in high school and middle school, I used to come home and how I would study for tests was not only going over my notes, but like rewriting them. So um, I'm definitely a visual learner, and I think that has a lot to do with how I prefer to read. Um, I, to this day, am not an e book reader, and that has a little bit to do maybe with um, being an independent bookstore owner, but to be honest, even before I was in this world of indie bookstores and and maybe the book industry, I preferred holding a book in my hand and turning the pages. Ebooks don't work for me, and because I don't take in the information as well that way, and I don't, you know, I enjoy reading articles on the internet, but I um, as an editor and copy editor, I prefer to print things out mm-hmm. and edit them that way. So anyway, I'm very much a visual learner, and you are very much an auditory learner. Yeah, and the flip side of translating, you know, what, what you do is when you have to learn by audio, you translate it into a written form. The flip side for someone like me, or the inverse for someone like me is, um, I always used to love 
when as a little child uh well not too too little but you know even in elementary school and middle school when my mom would actually read to my sister and me Mm -hmm. you know and and i was completely capable of reading myself um but but i really loved listening to it yeah and i was the opposite which Mm -hmm. i I mean my mom would probably hate to hear that but she knows that it's true like she would read to us as kids but that didn't last very long because i like i would wind up reading ahead right to this day (laughs) i mean you and i have read together out loud before right and i frequently prefer to be the one reading to you right uh, instead of you reading to me and i like being the one being read too yeah and so this has a lot to do with audiobooks before we get into that though i have to go ahead and tell this anecdote because i know you're thinking about it and laughing at it. So in our house, the reason Jordan keeps saying learn by audio instead of auditory mm-hmm. learning is because when I ran the Tallahassee version of the bookshelf, so the bookshelf is based in Thomasville, but it did used to have a little branch outpost in Tallahassee, and I was the manager there, and I will never forget, and it has become an often told story in our home, I will never forget overhearing two women chatting about children's books and picture books and reading to your children Uh, which by the way I think is a really important thing to do no matter if your child is an auditory learner or visual learner it's just an important thing to do with your children Um, and I obviously have strong opinions about that and, and, and think a lot about those types of things and I was overhearing these two moms um, chatting about reading to your kids and one of the moms said to the other something along the lines of oh I don't need to do that kids don't learn by audio (laughs) and I remember thinking I cannot believe I just heard well it's like okay well how do they learn you know how does does one year old learn how to communicate in English and she was just uh, she was just blatant oh I don't read to my kids they don't learn by audio well Well, of course they they can speak they do (laughs) because you know and this is the whole thing about you know if you've ever tried to learn a new language I, I can speak I'm proficient with with Spanish, but when when you learn when you have to learn a new language, the difficult thing about that learning a new language as an adult is you're learning how to read it, write it, speak it, understand it, and use it properly all at the same time. Yeah. Whereas with your native language, if you're an English speaker or any other speaker, but but for me it was English. So when when I was zero and one and two years old, I learned how to understand it first. Then I learned how to speak it when I got to be two, three, four. Then I learned how to write it and read it when I was, you know, four, five, six. Then, ever since then, I've been learning how to use it correctly. And even today, I'll have, you know, a new boss who teaches me the difference between an M dash and an N dash and a, uh, you know, and all these crazy <laughs> things. So, but, but with a, but point being, language has to do with all of those things. Yes, so that's just a funny story that now we tell in our home quite a bit. So Jordan saying, learn by audio. Learn by audio. (laughs) Brings back a lot of funny memories. Learn by hearing. Um, So, let's talk then about audiobooks. So, you became a commuter about a year and a half ago. Yes. And, um, previously you were the commuter. Annie was the commuter in the family. Uh, And then I became the commuter and I thought, well, I probably won't mind that because I I really do enjoy being in the car, whether it be by myself or with just you uh, or with, you know, a car full of guys or couples in the car, you know, any kind of combination. I absolutely love being in the car. It's completely therapeutic. Um, For those of you who don't don't know, Annie and I um, took a trip all the way around Florida 
last summer, and we we drove 2,000 miles in five days. And if you're trying to compute that in your mind, we averaged eight hours in the car per day. One of those days actually got to 13 hours in the car in one day. Uh, but we loved it. We loved it. I mean, yeah. it's just incredibly yeah. therapeutic for yeah. me to be in the car. So, so when I first started the commute, I thought, well, I, I think I'll like it. And it has turned out that I have loved it. It is so therapeutic for me. And you in the morning use and at the night. Time. It's about an hour. Um, so Jordan yep. drives from Thomasville to Tallahassee for mm-hmm. his job every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's about an hour one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use that time, I think you use it to call your parents, mm-hmm. call your grandparents. But frequently you have discovered that you enjoy listening to audiobooks. Yes. Which we should give a background that, and I think we've talked about it on this podcast many times before. You were a fairly avid reader and then you went to law school and became a not so avid reader i think that's and i lost a little bit of vision as well i became a little nearsighted well yeah you're not blind (laughs) (laughs) i I became slightly nearsighted (laughs) see we you have to wear glasses yeah i have to wear wear glasses yeah um but you're you're just not a big reader in our home like right you enjoy flipping through books and things but you discovered okay here's a way to still get the information that you love you love information i love it and i love a good story i love information i like fiction and nonfiction. but i remember one time we were talking uh, previously and and we you were kind of asking me why don't you read more jordan and and why does it take you so long to get through a book even if it's a book i like why does that take so long and i responded to you i said well you know reading is um uh, your first resort and your last resort yeah. you you know I mean you read at all times you know right. when you're sad when you're happy when you're about to go to bed when you get up in the morning it's always therapeutic for you to read right. i have never um felt that unless it's something that i just can't die or if i'm just dying to know the answer to right. or, or the ending to um with with that small caveat reading is not something that i just gravitate towards automatically but audiobooks are i love listening to it and you discovered you had about an hour which is a good Mm -hmm. amount of time to get some quote-unquote reading in and i Mm -hmm. do admit that i hesitate to say it's reading but i suppose that it is you're in taking the information just differently well it's an ongoing debate you know some people think that that doesn't really count or that it's kind of you know snacking as opposed to eating a meal you know it's kind of like reading light but well, I will I tell think, you, for me, for me, I do get it, and and you could quiz me on yeah, what the book was about. And I think and, that's just dependent again upon how you learn. Because mm-hmm. I have tried audiobooks. In fact, I tried them recently, thinking that it would be a great way for me to read more. So, um, yeah, like you need to read more. Well, I average about a book a week, uh, maybe two books a week. Lately, I've been doing Lately. about seven to eight a month, yeah. which is great. But I admit that there is a lot of pressure as a bookseller. Um, to read a lot and a re- and to read various varied types of literature. So I thought, well, audiobooks, like while I'm cleaning the house or while I'm running errands around town, like that'd be or a walking. great way. Sure, well, I've started walking um, every morning. Would be a great way to read at a time when I can't have a book in my hand. And I think you kind of thought too, well, especially if it's a light book, you know, if it's a, if it's a book on a reading level, that's, you know, if it's a children's book that you just want to know about, or if it's kind of a a light fluffy book. Yeah, just to have on in the background. But 
what I discovered, and we can talk about this too, at least the audiobook I chose, which I will not say the name of it, but it was a fiction, it was a new fiction book, and I don't know if it was the subject matter, like I don't know if it was a book I had held in my hand if I still would have put it down, um, but I could not get into it, and I don't know if that's a narrator problem, or if it's a subject matter problem, like I just didn't like the content, or if it's that I really just can't, I don't do well with audiobooks. I kept finding myself having to rewind because I had zoned out and I hadn't heard, <laughs> a, a, you know, a few sentences, and so I kept finding myself getting lost, which is funny because I'm an avid podcast listener, and we can talk about that in a second, um, but let's talk about your discovery of audiobooks and the first audiobook you ever listened to. Yeah, so I went to the local library here in Thomasville, and I found they have a very great, uh, very good selection of audiobooks. They do have audiobooks. a good selection, yeah. Excellent. I mean, I could I could check out audiobooks there for many years and not exhaust um, the, the great yeah, so stuff that they have. Yeah, so shout out to the Thomas County yeah, Public yeah, Library. Yeah, well done. Well done on that. <laughs> One of the first audiobooks I ever uh, discovered was a book that you had recommended to me, and you had recommended it. This, this often happens. Annie will read a book, <laughs> and for months and months and months, she'll say, you need to read this, Jordan. She's uh, you the know, one person that doesn't this. listen to my recommendations. Uh, you know, and, and I do. Well, I do listen to you your recommendations. Listen. It's just that it is, it is very difficult for me to go through, jump through all the hoops necessary to actually get the book, yeah, I start don't know reading where you it. Would find a book. I don't know Finish a local reading. bookseller that it's you It's very support. difficult for me to find a, you know, a book. Um, but but with audiobooks, it's much easier. I can go in, grab it, pop it in. Yeah, I can pop it into the so CD player. So tell us the first one. Defending Jacob. Okay. Uh, was was one of the first ones that I um, ever got on CD. This was a book you had recommended it to is me. A great book. Excellent. This this will be made into a movie. Um, if it hasn't already, I feel like there's been rumbling yeah. that it was a movie and yeah. we just can't find it anywhere. So if you if you know the, mo- the movie Defending Jacob, if it has become a movie, please somehow let us know because Jordan and I would love to watch it. Yeah, we really would. But it's an excellent, excellent book. Um, I like it because it has to do with the legal world and it also has to do with, with uh, parenting and also bias. You know, how, how you... Um, see those you love kind of in a biased manner. It's called Defending Jacob because it's, it's about a father whose son is accused of this very heinous um, murder uh, and all throughout the book he's trying to figure out if his son really did it or not but he's defending Jacob and right, he's, he's acting as he's, his attorney. He's kind of biased towards him. Um, but anyway, excellent book. Finished it. Loved it. Excellent recommendation. Thank uh, you. Lady. Um, that was one of the first ones. So I have a question about that. I did not listen to it. I had already read it um, in regular book form. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we want to say that. Um, but did was the narrator what held you? Was it just, I mean, that's a compelling novel, so I would imagine yeah. it would be hard to turn off anyway. But does a, na- a good narrator play an important role in whether or not you keep listening to an audiobook? That's a great question. Um, most audiobooks have excellent narrators because the people who narrate audiobooks are I, I truly think there's a hierarchy. They don't they don't get to be narrators for nothing. They already have good voices. I've never had a bad narrator. Was the narrator I'm sorry, was the narrator of Defending Jacob on audio, was it the author? No. It okay. wasn't in that case. But often it is. And Sometimes, and you know what's yeah. you know what's funny is actually I'll say the the audiobooks that I have listened to where the narrator is the author 
they are not good narrators. Yeah. Now it's I kind of it's neat to have things. the author reading it, but but I remember now way back in the day, I actually started reading um, one of Mark Levin's uh, books, Liberty and Tyranny, and I started listening to that on audio, and. Um, He's just not a good narrator. The, the The book's content was good, but it was read by the author, and it wasn't as compelling as if I think a professional narrator had been reading it. So, but with defending Jacob, um, it, it wasn't uh, William Landay. I remember is mm-hmm. the uh, is the author, but uh, I don't think it, he narrated it himself. Um, but a good narrator is is imperative, and and, and in a few minutes. Maybe we'll get to one of the other audiobooks that I've listened to recently, which is The Lord of the Rings, and talk about a top-notch narrator who just pulls out all the stops. He even sings. He makes up his own tunes, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, so Lord of the Rings is what you're listening to right now, which reminds me... um Harry Potter is supposed to be an excellent audiobook series. Oh, okay. So I remember, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you know that I love Harry Potter. I grew up on those books. I, Harry and I are the same age. Um, but I remember while I was reading those books and my dad was reading them behind me, one of my uncles was listening to them and he kept raving about the audiobooks and he told me even if I had read them Mm -hmm. that I needed to listen to them because he said the narrator was so wonderful so if you're out there and you haven't either you haven't made it to the Harry Potter books yet or you're a Harry Potter fan and maybe you two have a commute or a road trip coming up I have heard that the Harry Potter books are also really well narrated um so you're listening to lord of the rings off and on Mm -hmm. um but tell us about the other one that you're currently listening to because that's a contrast i think you're oh yeah listening to some nonfiction. yes um okay so i kind of just to go back i kind of started out with some fiction defending jacob and the dante club and um the dinner right the dinner oh another excellent book unbelievable that should be made into a movie as well that's a great um, book both Herman audio Cock. and excellent excellent yeah uh you had recommended that one to me so as well. those were kind of suspense all three of those, those were all were suspense. suspense um uh, I'll, I'll take a minute to add a little warning if you do get into audiobooks one of the biggest farces that you'll ever find <laughs> is abridgments and, oh, yeah. and and I warn you because I've been burned before. Uh, <laughs> one of the books that I listened to on audio, I, I thought, well, this is such a compelling story, but it just doesn't seem to flow well. What's what's up with this? Why why why, did, why does it seem to be choppy? And you know, like the writing is good when when it's being read, but then it's kind of choppy. And come to find out, it was abridged. And and a lot of times on the labels, it's either very fine print. Mm-hmm. Or it won't say it whether it's abridged or not. So what you want to look for, I've found, you want to look for the word unabridged uh, because that's that's how you make sure um, <laughs> that, it, that it is. And then and then I also got into um, the the lawyer books, the um, fiction John Grisham. John Grisham, yeah. yeah. Which again, uh, some of those suspense. on audio. So again, it's not suspense. surprised. That, I'm not surprised that those would be compelling audio books. Yeah. yeah. Um, but tell us about the nonfiction. Okay. Now I'm intrigued. So the nonfiction book that I'm currently reading is um, on audio uh, audiobook is Freakonomics, which I know is old news to a lot of you guys who are listening to this because this book has been out for probably ten years. But it's basically it, it's not simply economics. It's basically um, a really smart guy, two really smart guys who kind of put their heads together and try to ask questions about how the world works and how people work, how human nature works, and they try to dig beyond the surface of how things look uh, to figure out why things work the way they do. So, just for instance, some of the questions that they've addressed 
in here so far is, uh, uh, for example, is it a good idea for a state to implement performance-based testing in schools? And what kind of incentives do performance-based testings provide for teachers and students? And they figured out, well, teachers cheat. Teachers actually cheat to, to help themselves uh, do better on these tests. But um, in any event, Freakonomics has, has been a very interesting well, and you, read. You advertise it to me, too, as like listening to a good NPR story. Yes, so you yes. and I enjoy listening to NPR. We like listening to This American Life podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, I'm, a, of course, a fan of NPR's um, serial podcast, but you haven't given that a listen yet. But we have listened together to This American Life and NPR's Invisibilia. Invisibilia, yeah, excellent. And excellent. so those are two podcasts we love, and you compared this, you compared Freakonomics to a yes. This American Life episode. Now, I... So I listened to this chapter, actually, about um, teachers and students. In Freakonomics. Uh, yes, and it was fascinating, but I fell asleep, which I think just goes back to mm. visually, I just you need, need to read a the book. book. Yeah, you need I to read need that to book. read the book, yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Let's quickly, we just have a few minutes left, let's quickly talk then about podcasts, because this is where I feel like I'm very different. So an audiobook, I cannot really make myself listen to a whole book i i don't know there's something stopping me i and i would think it's because i'm a visual learner but then podcasts i love and i listen to them almost non-stop um i'm subscribed to several um, i'll link to some in the show notes some literary ones that book lovers might enjoy a new one called lit hub um which is um a couple of authors and magazine writers and they're interviewing other authors and uh they're millennials and so they address things from a kind of feminist millennial perspective but I've really enjoyed it so that's called Lit Hub Um, Books on the Nightstand is like every book lover's podcast that they recommend I enjoy it Um, I find one of those slightly off-putting but I do listen to them for book recommendations um, and then I love pop culture podcasts. As Jordan knows, he makes fun of me. Gilmore Guys. Gilmore Guys. Let's talk about some of the lighter Thanks listens. Thanks for uh, calling me out there. Gilmore Guys Popcast. is one of my favorites. The Popcast, um, Around the Table podcast is not a pop culture. It's more of a lifestyle podcast. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and then Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is another NPR uh, listen, and I just discovered that Real Simple Magazine does some podcasts, so I'm trying to start those. I haven't given them a listen yet. My point is, I have a very lengthy list of podcasts I subscribe to, and I have no problem listening to those. Let me ask you a question. What happens when you turn on a podcast that you really love? Do you do you lose yourself and get engaged? Do you, do you find yourself completely relating to what's going on, and you're completely connected in other words, does your mind completely engage with the podcast? It depends, because sometimes I just have it playing in the house while I'm, and our house is rather small, mm-hmm. or, you know, and so I can hear the podcast from all over our mm-hmm. house. So I am cleaning the bathroom or loading dishes in the dishwasher while I'm listening. So maybe right. I'm half listening. Um, but do you think you have good comprehension? Do you think if someone came along afterwards and asked yeah. you questions, you... See, I think you would, too. Yeah. And so so I'm curious, because when I listen to an audio CD or an audio book, the same thing happens. I, I engage with NPR's This American Life yeah, in the exact same way 
that I would engage when I'm listening to The Lord of the Rings. Or... I wonder if it has to do with production value, too. I mean, audiobooks, I do think, are well-produced, but, like, This American Life, part of the reason it's compelling is they've got music beautifully woven in. And they got different voices. They've got different it's, voices. It's, it's people interviewing. It's new things happening. It's not so, It's I not a know. flow. It's not so much a flow. Like, like, with Lord of the Rings, there's a story and there's a flow. With This American Life, it's three separate stories in in uh what 50 minute period and it's and it's you know you got ira glass on there kind of narrating and then you've got interviewers interviewees you've got music you've got sound effects journalist in me too that really yeah yeah they're seeking truth yeah i don't know so there's something about it that's really that i find podcasts especially well done podcasts Mm -hmm. really compelling and perhaps i should give audiobooks another go but i think if we're, if I'm being honest with myself, that's just not something that works for me. I don't think you need to give it another go. I, I, I mean, just to be blunt, <laughs> I, I think, I think this is one of those. I mean, I have a very um, firm belief that people are different. People are different from one right. another. We are not the same. We're very different from each other. We learn in different ways. We act different ways. We, we communicate in different ways. And I think the key is figure out how you learn things right. and if you're an audio learner go get a bunch of audio books right. and if you're a now I will say uh, and I'll have to give the credit to um, Dave Ramsey for this because oh, he boy. he talks about how how successful people I think read two non-fiction books every month and of course you're well beyond that so you're going to be very successful but uh, <laughs> but he, 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 he I remember I him Dave Ramsey's approval so bad oh I know it I know, I know you do I know you strive for that but I remember him saying one time, you know, it's okay to listen to audiobooks, but you should occasionally read because he says something happens in your brain when you actually sit down with a book and read. And well, I, yes. I have found that to be I'm true. I'm so glad you listened to Dave. I think I've been saying that for years. I, be, I believe Dave on this one. <laughs> uh, but no, but I've noticed that too. Even being a person who likes to learn through auditory means, yeah, I notice it is an exercise. Something there are things in my brain that start right. firing. You know, when, you when I in po- pick up a book. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So um, that is kind of our thoughts on audiobooks and podcasts. I'll put a link in the show notes to some of our podcast recommendations and some of Jordan's favorite audiobooks. Um, we talked about using your local library as an audiobook source. Your local bookstore may also be a great source for audiobooks. I will tell you that at the bookshelf, we don't carry a lot of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And part of that has to do with the public library in town carrying so many varieties and audiobooks are expensive and most of the time people are getting them for a road trip or for a commute and they don't want to pay $30 for the audiobook they just want to get right. it from the library so or from Cracker Barrel does Cracker Barrel have does Cracker Barrel, right. yes, do. Barrel still funny. have or is yeah. it like cassette tapes I, I don't remember <laughs> You're a so track right. Um, so anyway, so the bookshelf will happily order audiobooks for you, but your local books uh, bookseller may in fact carry them in stock. Um, but check your local library too; that's a great option. Kind of treat it as a rental, uh, a movie rental, except for books. Um, so I would love your thoughts on audiobooks. Do you like them? Do you love them? Hate them? Where do you fall on the spectrum? Are you a visual learner or an auditory learner? And, or and does it count as reading a book? Is oh it, yeah. Is it, it okay? Count? Is it okay? And, That's a great and my, my former boss and I had this discussion the other day. Does it count if I have just listened to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is a very long you know, treatise? Oh, you know what? Atlas Shrugged. That's, a, that's another one. That's 50 CDs. If I say, hey, yeah, I read Atlas Shrugged, does that count if I've listened to it? 
I'm not inclined to say so, but that's my opinion. So what is your what is your opinion on audiobooks, um, especially one like Atlas Shrugged? I just feel like you have to struggle through as a re- as a quote-unquote real book. But well, Most people say, oh, you read Atlas Shrugged. Oh, that's right. unbelievable. Well, you know, I listened to it. Our neighbor. Welcome to South Georgia, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Ford so, F-250. So, if, thank you. So, if you have strong opinions on audiobooks, we would love to hear them. You can follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash bookshelf Thomasville. Probably the best way to reach us is on Instagram or Twitter at bookshelf Tville. And then you can always find our show notes and full length episodes on iTunes or on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Thanks, Jordan. We'll see you guys next time.